Okay, welcome back to Mon Men. I am Yanato Blue here once again with Michael Darling, as always. And this week we are joined by Gil Barron. Gil, thanks so much for coming on the show and for being so enthusiastic about introducing yourself. Guys, thank you so much for having me. Uh, here's what I'm super excited about. We are in this awesome conference room on, I'm going to say, the penthouse level of a beautiful uh, uh, Hollywood uh, office building. And we're looking out at this uh, great vista of Los Angeles. And uh, yeah, I'm just waiting to to fire you guys. <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be standing by a window silhouetted for a little bit. I'm just gonna like turn around and be like, "So, Baloo, darling, how long have you been with this company?" <laughs> He's in Mad Men mode already. <laughs> I knew we should have let him take over the business. I told you by letting him buy out was a bad idea. <laughs> well, I think he can actually. It's gonna be problematic if he can lay claim to being able to fire us. And I think the first way he can lay claim to that is if he wins in a game of Mon Mom. So, darling, today I'm actually rooting for you to win and save our jobs as hosts. <laughs> well, I want to hear his credentials first, Gil. What is your experience with the Pokemon franchise? It's this. This is my experience. Is the last 40 <laughs> seconds of talking to you guys. I will say that uh, last week I took my nine-year-old nephew to see Detective Pikachu. Nice, nice. Uh, it was very cute. He knew everything about it. Um, I saw the twist coming a mile away. I don't want to brag that I knew the twist in a movie made for seven-year-olds, but I did. <laughs> I saw it coming. <laughs> I'm sorry, Detective Pikachu. You cannot fool me. <laughs> I mean, to my credit, this is... Uh, remember that it was two episodes ago that I finally learned the play on Ash Ketchum's name. <laughs> so <laughs> I've been in this for, what, 20 years now? And I finally figured that out. Yeah. Sure. Uh, yep. Yeah, I've listened to a couple of your guys' episodes, and I studied, I studied the uh, Pokemon that we're going to be discussing today. That is my experience with Pokemon. Blue well, and I were talking about earlier um, that I feel like I like it was just a one one generation of kids behind me because mm. my generation of kids was it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it was Darkwing Duck. Oh, and, I love Darkwing and, Duck. Yeah, I love it. And uh, Disney Afternoon, uh, Batman the Animated Series, mm -hmm. uh, Justice League. I was already a little older by the time that came around. Um, uh, but, you know, X-Men the Animated Series, Spider-Man the Animated Series, those were kind of like my generation of, uh, of action shows. Yeah, so yeah. there's an overlap between us because, I mean, three quarters of the stuff you just named, yeah. Darkwing Duck, mm -hmm. X-Men the Animated Series, Spider-Man the Animated Series, you know, Disney all Afternoon. I mean, I am sure. When I was really little, there was Thundercats. And Ghostbusters, the cartoon, yeah. were like the ones that I was oh. when I was like four or five years the old. Fun fact: the real Ghostbusters. That's the one I'm talking about. Yeah. You know why they were the real? Because Ghostbusters? of the filmation series. Yes. But did there you know that the filmation series, the one with the gorilla, yeah. was based on a 1970s TV movie? Yes. That's the most insane. Yeah. <laughs> lore of the Ghostbusters. Yeah, then. like a I think British <laughs> TV movie. I rented it a <laughs> couple of times when I was little. My my local video store had it, and I was like. Oh, this is the movie of that show with the gorilla, <laughs> but the show with the gorilla had these demons in it. Because so look, we're gonna get into filmation. I think we have to man. explain to Baloo and the audience what we're talking okay. about. Yeah, I'm confused. Does this mo does this original movie have a gorilla in it? All? Yeah. Yes. So yeah. so it was two guys and a gorilla. Were and the I think they were both like older British comedians, right? And they were Ghostbusters, but then you know Ghostbusters full caps happened. 
So these guys came back in animation form as it was the, their sons. Oh, their sons! Okay. <laughs> it was their sons. <laughs> That's even better. Yeah, as and the original Ghostbusters. They had a gorilla and a fedora was their partner, and they had a car that was alive. And I think the theme song was literally something like "We're the Ghostbusters." No, it was actually oh, really. Let's go, Ghostbusters! Let's go! And it was like kind of a cool okay. song. Maybe the '70s theme song was the "We're the Ghostbusters." Yeah, probably. Yeah, you guys should uh, find that and put that in your show notes. It's a pretty <laughs> insane show. But like, what was crazy about it, as opposed mm-hmm. to like the real Ghostbusters, which <laughs> every week was a different case and was a kind of Ghost of the Week and whatever, uh, the Filmation's Ghostbusters had like a f- specific pantheon of villains, like Ooh. Skeletor and his minions. Hmm. So, so you got more into that. Yeah. So it was like one specific demon guy who was like half ghost, half robot, and he hated the Ghostbusters, and the Ghostbusters were always fighting him. So it was the animation was actually pretty good, honestly, and the character design was pretty good too. Um, But it was unlike the real Ghostbusters, where Mm -hmm. one week they're fighting the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, next week they're fighting Pumpkinhead. So I mean, that was always one of the dangers with getting into TV, like cartoons, when you were a kid, is like. Sinbad and the Seven Dark Seas, or whatever it was, sure. like that never finished. They never completed that adventure, huh. to my knowledge. And or, then there were a couple uh, other shows like that. Pirates where... of Dark Water. Yeah, there you go. The Pirates <laughs> of Dark Water. And they, uh, and you have the these. Was that Peter Pan where Tim Curry no. was Captain Hook? Or was that, that was Peter, Peter Pan. Pan and the Pirates. Yeah. Peter Pan and the Pirates. That's what yeah. it was called. Okay, yeah. yeah. I was going to say it was called J.M. Barry's Peter Pan, but you're right. It was Peter Pan and the Pirates. All right. So while we're talking about Dark Water, let's bring it into cleaner waters and play a game of Mon Mom. <laughs> um, which Pokemon are we covering this week, Baloo? So this week we're covering a... Uh, we're going to go through four quote-unquote families, although one of them we won't complete until we get through Gold and Silver generation. We're going to talk about Onyx today. We're going to talk about the Drowsy dual-stage family, the Krabby dual-stage family, and the Voltorb dual-stage family. So unlike previous weeks, uh, I actually sent my mom all the pictures this week and told her to pick. And so, gentlemen, are you ready to play? Yeah. Okay. I've been studying all week. Cramming for that I'm final. as ready as a real Ghostbuster. <laughs> all right, here we go. This Pokemon is a unique crab. I will name it Cranky. <laughs> I know which one this is. Okay, so... You going first? We let Michael go first so that our guest can play either defensively and copy his guess or branch out. So, Michael? Huh, a unique crab. What are you? Uh, what are you making face? Do you know which uh, one it is? I, is it Voltorb? Is what? it maybe Voltorb? Actually, no, no. Let me. I'm Why gonna, are you I'm playing with the me? Okay, so he's entered his guess no, as Voltorb. No, cur- my actual guess is Kingler. I am going with Kingler. Final answer. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm not about any of this false uh, modesty. <laughs> false. We know it's Kingler. It's a go. unique crab because he's got that crazy big claw, yeah, as opposed to a generic crab, right? Which is the yeah. other one. Which is literally what my mom said. So you guys both got it right. Yay. This week was a tough week oh, for me yeah. to try I to saved fool our you jobs. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be back next week, folks. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so to start off, we're going to be uh, going through Onyx. And for people, for the record, uh, that advances the scoreboard, though the distance remains the same yet again. Michael is still up on our co-host 10 to 4. Um, so Gil, thank you for coming in and making a good showing on that thank I you for having me <laughs> i mean <laughs> it was a tough game uh I, yeah, oh don't go yet there's more podcasts oh, yeah, no, no, i think less, i've been shamed i uh i believe i have to go guys <laughs> <laughs> our first walk off wow walk off wow. homer <laughs> that's right <laughs> all right so tell us about the uh tell us about the first rock pokemon that we're going to be discussing today i mean it's the only rock pokemon we're bingo 
<laughs> All right, so let's start with Onyx. This big old rock snake, which is rock and ground type, and you first encounter it in the dreaded rock tunnel. Um, yeah, so I so one first thing, like just kind of reading up on this Pokemon, and you know this is super deep lore, but I didn't know it was a dual type on the first uh, on my first pass. I thought it was just straight up a bunch of rocks. There's nothing about it that implies ground except for the fact that it tunnels through the ground. I think that's what makes it ground is that it's, you know it burrows. It's in the ground. Yeah, as like, opposed as opposed to like Geodude, who's just like yeah. up in the mountains. I yeah, guess. whereas that's just a rock, I think. It yeah. is yeah. of the ground. So I guess here's generally my question about Pokemon. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, sort of broad large. Yeah. In the Pokeverse, can I call it a Pokeverse? Sure. Is that what they call it? Uh, not, eh. No one else calls it Pokeverse? Okay. Probably not. We're going to go, we're establishing that oh. as canon now. Geodude is rock and ground also. Oh, wow. For the record, yeah. Mm -hmm. In the Pokeverse, are there regular animals? That's a great question. So here's a fan theory that I love. The Ash and Akoma fan theory, which we've touched on before. Is Pokemon just the word for animal in their language? Because it seems like, well, e it seems like we get every the animal theory, is a Pokemon. The weird thing is, like, every Pokemon, like, it has its typing where it's, like, rock, ground, grass, whatever. But then it has, like, its, you know, classification. So, like, Onyx is a rock snake. There are others that are, like, just straight up, you know. The cat Pokemon or something, which implies that, that out there there are exist. yeah right like let's say Krabby here yes Krabby and Kingler they are Pokemon that are based on crabs. Is there a crab that looks significantly different from <laughs> Krabby? And if you had a crab and a Krabby next to each other, would you be able to distinguish between the two? Like one of them, if you yell at it. <laughs> <laughs> Water gun, it'll spray water at you, as opposed to the other one that'll just kind of froth them, at the mouth. One of them lives in a Pokeball. So, yes. so here's the weird thing, and this is where the Ash in a Coma fan theory comes from. And the whole person in a coma and they're dreaming the entire series that we're seeing is something that's been done. That's the only thing that makes sense in the yeah. whole world. <laughs> so the re one of the other validations of this theory is the fact that early in the series, uh -huh. there are other animals. We see regular fish in a fish tank and stuff like that. But then as the series progresses, the world is exclusively populated by Pokemon. And more and more the Pokemon become with these weird kind of like packaged escalations of like, oh, this is what he's imagining a gopher is because he hasn't ever seen a gopher <laughs> until he went into this co coma dream. So yeah, so it's a very right. weird and ecosystem. And eventually Pokemon become based on like inanimate objects. Like there's a telephone Pokemon, I'm sure. There's Not a... yet. There's literally a ball bearing and a magnet Pokemon that I keep enjoying pointing back to. Yeah, there's a and, magnet hey, Pokemon. And Phillips head screw, screw. Let's not forget the screw. <laughs> That's the weirdest detail to me. Yeah. And then we have literally a lint ball Pokemon way down the line, too. It's that uh, Wolbat or whatever. Ah, uh, well, that's more just like a very fuzzy bat. Oh, it's not such a lint ball. Oh, it's flying Pokemon. lint. We it's lint with wings. <laughs> <laughs> it's lint with wings. For now, we're dealing with like a, a Pokemon that has a segmented rock boulder body. Yeah. And I just gotta say, like, and what each one of these segments like can spin independently. Yeah, kind of, we've kind of seen that, I think. Yeah, it's very weird. Like it kind of can rotate around itself like that. So how are the segments attached? That's the other question I have. Uh, via either ligaments or tendons. That's the way Magnetism. things are attached to things. Well, it does have a magnet in its brain, according to uh, the Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald Pokedex entries. And it uses that magnet in its brain to guide it so that it always can find its way underground. I mean, that's something that we see in like the real world, too. Like homing pigeons and all that sort of thing. Sort of thing. Like animals apparently have like a good... Yeah, that's usually based on like mm. fluids in the, in the ear canals. Huh. Not actual magnets. 
Fucking um, magnets. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> magnets are miracles, bro. Yeah. <laughs> or are they magic? I forget. Miracles. miracles. There we go. I don't want to talk to Professor Oak because he'll be lying and making me pissed. So, yeah, so I know you, you're the one that always brings this up, darling, so I'll let you introduce the uh, dirtiest joke that Pokemon ever made Yay. in its series run. Go ahead. All right, I think this is the last time we can bring it up in a you know, reasonable way. Uh, so in Heart Gold and Soul Silver, there is a battle you face off against a young couple, a guy and a girl. They each send out one Pokemon. She sends out a cloister, which is this big clam-looking thing, and he sends out a giant onyx, which is this long snake. It is the dirtiest joke in the entire Pokemon franchise, and I just love that it's in there. And the way they position the two Pokemon in the picture so that the onyx is on the left, the cloister is open uh. to its right, is not... <laughs> exactly subtle either <laughs> oh so they really wanted to point it out yeah this was intentional this yeah. was not an accident so i guess the thing i keep imagining is like uh the person at pokemon headquarters there's probably a whole team mm -hmm. tasked with oh, designing yeah. new pokemon for oh, every yeah. new deck or every new series right mm -hmm. and so there's someone who's like i don't know a magnet i guess yeah <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely, like, a run of Pokemon across the now eight generations that we've had where there's, like, a run of them that are solidly, like, stuff they see around their office and their neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, like, in every generation. Yeah. There's more than 150 at this point. Oh, there's... Well, we have 808 numbered so far, I think. 809, maybe? And then we are currently getting more information about new Pokemon for the upcoming How do they game. justify that initial premise of, like, catch all the 150? Uh, you mean how did they? Well, was it, wasn't just that pure yeah. victimization of or, OCD? <laughs> or wait, how? <laughs> like, was that mean, the like, original <laughs> premise? Like, yeah. I gotta collect the 150, and oh, now well, they're at 800. Or they're like, yeah, but those 150 were like the most important. I feel like gotta yeah. catch them all very quietly got phased out as their like catch lingo because yeah, I don't think there's been a game where you can actually catch all 800. Um, you can trade well, think, for them. I mean, keep in mind like there was no game where you could catch all 151 mm -hmm. because like there would be uh, like game-exclusive ones in Red and Blue and every generation since. Uh, but I think it's more just like they've kind of justified it by having each game take place in a different region of the Pokemon uh, okay. world. Mm -hmm. So that way it's like, oh, well, these are the Pokemon the that, that are, are native are... to this part of the world. Sure. <clears throat> so yeah. the young couple thing kind of reminds me because you mentioned X-Men the Animated Series and there's this great urban legend about why X-Men the Animated Series got canceled so abruptly mm -hmm. after a so really successful multi-season run hmm. is that apparently one of the animators like was disgruntled or something like that and slipped a sex scene between Jean Grey and Wolverine into like storyboards or something like that. <laughs> And apparently it got. No, I never it, heard of that. You know, the, the like the last season of it had like a completely different animation studio. Really? No. Huh. Yeah. So like that 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 uh, art style that you associate with the animated mm -hmm. series, like in the last season, looks completely different. Oh, yeah. weird. Weird. Okay, so we do need to address uh, the size of this thing because we kind of been glossing over the scope and size of these Pokemon because we haven't been dealing with anything too out there. But this is a twenty-eight foot long chain of boulders. So, just to put it in scope, this thing is the length of a school bus, basically. I don't even know how that clam thought it was going to handle that thing. <laughs> Kegels. Kegels. <laughs> cloister is about four feet tall, so I mean, yeah, that uh, that that cloister that cloister cervix is getting destroyed. Oh Jesus! Uh, <laughs> uh. So we've we've done away with all entendre. <laughs> no, no, I I do not believe in entendre. <laughs> I believe in cloister cervix. Jesus Christ. 
Uh, yeah, so it's 28 feet long. That is a school bus, as you said. Uh, which is weird because the show sometimes just made it whatever size it needed to be for that moment. Yeah, in the show. And I mean, this is going to lead us into my least favorite recurring segment, Ash being a dumbass. So. Oh, it's your favorite, admit it. Yeah, because I am a bit of a masochist because I do hate myself. So, How old is Ash supposed to be? Ash is supposed to be 12. 12? Okay. And you're, you're incensed that a 12 to 14-year-old is not uh, tactically mature isn't so it? here's my shtick is that this guy lives in this universe where these things exist information is freely freely abounds for him he claims that he grew up and has spent his entire life loving nothing but these pokemon and yet somehow i managed to amass more knowledge than he did in two months as a 12 year old myself when uh-huh. i first got into it than he did in his entire 12 years of life he's got to learn along with us that's storytelling <laughs> you teach me and i teach you as the theme song says ash unfortunately never learned because he repeated the same mistakes over and over again ash ketchum claims to know a lot about pokemon <laughs> but he <laughs> he encountered an onyx and had no idea what it was yeah Ash was always looking Which for... Which is it, Ash? <laughs> Do you know them or don't you? Fade for by people for Misty. <laughs> Ash was always looking for the easy way out, so he was basically like the BuzzFeed article in the Pokemon <laughs> universe brought to life. Gym leaders hate him because he uses this <laughs> one trick. And case in point, in the episode where oh, he God. has to fight a rock gym leader. So rock types are strong against electricity. Well, gra- rock isn't. Ground is, which like basically... Most of the rock types in Gen 1 are part ground also. Yeah. So it does but follow some physics logic. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, yeah, so like, there's some like it. Electricity's strong against uh, flying, which sure. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So rather than saying, say, like, doing his job as a Pokemon trainer and catching a Pokemon whose type might be strong against the rock ground type, he decides to just try to... What's the definition of insanity, according to classic logic? Trying the same thing over and over again and <laughs> expecting a different result. He, nope. He just insists on trying again and again and again with his electric type, even though it's a clear disadvantage. But the second time he did it, he believed in himself more, right? Like that's uh, Actually, he got lucky due to a faulty sprinkler system. That is oh, not okay. a joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, was so it the sprinkler system the... or the uh, water wheel of the hydroelectric power plant? No, so he used the water wheel. So oh, okay. what he does in between episodes, rather than catching a water or grass type Pokemon, he tries to use like a water wheel with like a power generator attached to it to power up his electric Pokemon to basically try to blunt force his way through it. What's extra dumb about this is that he has a friend or somebody who will become a friend. At this point, she's just hanging on because he destroyed her bike. Right now, it's a real will-they-won't-they. They. <laughs> oh, it was. It's a will-they-won't-they they for six or seven years, I think. This is the Ross and Rachel for ten-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> and she offers to help him. Unbeknownst to us at this point, it's later revealed that she has water Pokemon. She's a water Pokemon specialist. Because for some reason in this world, she's people hiding themselves. This whole time? Also a pun, because Misty, Misty, water. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, there you go. What's and her last name? Misty. There, I'm, I'm some of them don't later. have last names. Most of them don't have it's last names. It's a universe names. of shares. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when you're a gym leader, you can call yourself whatever you want. Bingo. So, yeah. yeah the so rock type gym leader, by the way? Brock. Literally rock with a B in front of it. <laughs> I just got that. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> 
You teach me, I are teach you. Only the English I'm language mostly names of these you. characters, or in Japan, do they have different names? I think they have different names. Like I think uh, Ash is Shitoshi after the creator of Pokemon. Okay. So yeah, so that's it. Just Ash being a dumbass with regards to you know how he eventually beat that rock Pokemon. Yeah, he won because the sprinklers went off. That got the onyx wet. And so Pikachu was able to use his electricity to shock the Onyx, which wouldn't actually work. But no, that wouldn't yeah. do anything. It does not soften. The rock is not an exterior shell insulating conductant or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's just the kind of luck that Ash always got. We're going to actually have a couple more uh, examples of right. Ash getting extremely lucky with the later Pokemon today. <laughs> but um, yeah, this is another case. Like In that battle, Onyx's scale, he looks gargantuan. He looks kaiju-sized. Like, Pikachu is a foot tall, and Onyx has his, like, tail coiled around Pikachu and still is ta- has enough, like, body length to coil around and tower up menacingly. So that Onyx in that scene looks to be maybe 50 feet long. Hmm. Um, but then later on in other episodes, we see an Onyx that is clearly only 12 feet long for the sake of being able to fit into, like, a room of the <laughs> SSN. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh. I just remember being completely bothered by that. Speaking I'm of so the sorry. size, <laughs> yeah, I'm very, I'm very meticulous about stuff like that. I get really bothered you, by lack of were symmetry you okay? and consistency. Did you need like to talk to someone about no, it? No, I. This I, is therapy. <laughs> I grew. I set my sights and worked my ass off to now be a moderately successful 32-year-old man who can have a podcast that has now reached its 15th episode where I can ha- voice this claim and settle this grievance. Sure. <laughs> I've said it before, you're watching me live my dream. <laughs> Thank you, listeners. Uh, speaking of the size, there's a card in the Neo Genesis expansion of the TCG. Card 69 in the expansion, I have to point out, by oh, the, the way. Oh, the Entendres just keep coming. <laughs> uh, Man, Onyx which... can't help himself. <laughs> nice. Which shows, More Thank like you. Oddix, right? <laughs> well, there's a Pokemon called Oddish, so. Oh, well. Yeah. Oh, oh, well. uh, so, it shows an Onyx slinking through a cave that it presumably formed itself, and it is frightening. Onyxes have definitely given a few poor Spelunkers heart attacks in this universe. I mean, between that and Golbat that are dropping behind you and sucking out, like, enough of your blood to kill you in under four seconds, I think, oh, wow. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is, there's some. Is Onyx carnivorous? I think it just eats rocks. Yeah, I think it eats rocks and dirt. Oh, so you yeah. don't have to worry about it yeah, if you're a spelunker. Still, if you're you <laughs> walking, you're walking through a cave. It's dark, and then you turn the corner, and there's these giant rock with eyes staring back at you. I feel like I could say that about almost any Pokemon. But because if I see an animal and it says its own name, <laughs> I'm freaking out. I don't care what it, what size it is. How do we know cats aren't called meow? Just like fishnets, just like fishnets in the ocean don't discriminate against what kind of fish they catch, whether they're tuna or dolphins. Do you think an onyx is discriminating against whether he's catching the minerals that he wants to eat or a nice squishy human that it can very easily digest if it's digesting rocks already? No. Are you sure it can digest it? Like maybe maybe it's uh, large intestine, whatever its version of large <laughs> intestine is, like is only evolved to uh, to digest rocks. It's like how we don't eat grass. Oh, good point. Yeah. So ma- so what you're saying is is that we give him a major case of like what is the onyx equivalent of mud butt? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Onyx Jesus. eating humans get diarrhea. Jesus right Christ! Or We've made a cannon or something because it's like <laughs> it'll be too soft for us. You know. Uh, do we have anything else to say about Onyx? Nope. I think we can move on to the uh, next terror. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually surprisingly. We just finished up a ghost episode, and I what think. What episode are we on? 
we're on episode 15 so we did we went through the three ghosts uh two weeks ago with monica smith um and those pokemon i feel like are less terrifying than some of these pokemon that we're about to talk about including drowsy so please mr darling drowsy drowsy is this cute little creepy taper that is a psychic type that you first encounter in route 11 which is near vermilion city and diglett's cave uh, yeah, I like the description of taper. Taper was not an animal I thought of immediately. I was thinking of, like, anteater immediately. Yeah. Oh. Which I guess they must be related, right? Oh, let's get to the mythology. <laughs> well, the, the other thing I'm going to nitpick here. The other thing I'm going to nitpick with you, uh, darling, is the fact that you called it cute. I think this thing is ugly as hell. It's like Hans Molman. <laughs> Dude, tapers. So, like, I mentioned this in the notes straight up just to warn everybody about this. I think tapers should honestly be lobbied to replace goats as the premier satanic poster child <laughs> animal because they're just so much more terrifying. I'll provide a link to one of the images I found in the show I notes. I want to see uh, Satanists be like, yeah, you know, our symbol's now going to be a Pokemon. We, we <laughs> Marketing and branding. Yeah, we really thought about it. Uh, this one's a lot more frightening than any goat would be. So, uh, you know what? We're changing <laughs> oh, our God. symbols. It's uh, now, uh, now drowsy blood is going <laughs> to be what blood. we drink. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of drowsy excrement and bodily fluids, I also don't like the design because, like, the top half being yellow and the bottom half being brown just looks like it was wearing, like, waders into a pond and shat itself. <laughs> oh, my God. You're right. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God, that's horrifying and yet very true. So yeah. uh, But that's, like, that's how tapers look, though. Like, I... Like they shat themselves? Well, no, they have that weird... A lot of them have that weird, like, half-and-half half two-tone thing going on. Uh, with like say you know, white, like powder white, mm-hmm. and then just you know mud butt underneath. Uh, I'm gonna show the group. We'll include it in the show notes so we can find a proper animation. Uh, I'm gonna show the group what the Pokemon Go animation for Drowsy is because it is hilariously creepy. Uh, it's got the guy basically just you know moving his body up and down. While also twirling his fingers at you. Yeah, it looks like a little uh, little elephant, little anteater guy. Hi. <laughs> while we've uh, while we've touched on Onyx's size, I would like to point out that this falls into that nice little niche of Pokemon that are big enough to punch. <laughs> um, it's three feet tall, just okay. in case anybody was wondering. So, oh, another comparison that I did make in the notes on top of the uh, waiters and looking like a chat itself. Um, it also looks like Homer Simpson finally had a baby with a uh, spider pig, and this is the result. You've been reading my fan fiction again, haven't you? <laughs> Your slash fic. That was one of the shows we just did at the pack. We just did uh, erotic fan fiction. Oh, oh that's fantastic. There was, a, there was a lost erotic fan fiction. Is this competitive erotic it fan was, fiction? It's not, the, it's not that specific oh, okay. show. It's erotic fan fiction showdown. So it's a very similar mm. show. But I, I had a lot of fun doing it. I did uh, my Young Justice fan fiction. Uh-oh. And, I, and uh, everyone after were like, that was definitely pre-written. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. I wrote it specifically <laughs> for the show. I just want to put that on record. Everyone listening to Mon Men, and I pre-write. <laughs> and I want to endorse this as one of the hosts of Mon Men and <laughs> say that it gets the Mon Men seal of approval as a possible date night. Shout out to Meg. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next time they that. do it, you guys should definitely come on that show and do a Pokemon erotic fanfic. Hashtag oh. no kink shame. <laughs> uh, Baloo, you want to handle the mythological origins of this. I've already touched on the fact that it's a taper, but more specifically, what is it? So it's based on a Japanese mythological creature, which is the Japanese myth equivalent of the platypus. <clears throat> it's this creature called a baku. 
which was created when the creation gods of Japan in Shinto mythology had all these leftover parts and decided to make something out of it. And the Baku is actually, like, not an outright malevolent creature, but it does eat dreams. So, so these are, like, sort of in the yokai kind of world. Yeah, very yeah, much so. Mythology. Um, I mean, they can be dangerous if they get overused for eating your nightmares. Like, they'll get addicted to your dreams, and then they can actually turn you into basically a vegetable um, by eating your hopes and your aspirations and stuff like that, too, once they get too much of a taste for you. Um so apparently drowsy in this universe has that same feature which is unique among the psychic types that this one specifically will eat your dreams and amusingly this isn't the only time nintendo has linked the taper with the baku mythology and uh the idea of dreams Mm -hmm. because in the animal crossing series there's a taper named luna who allows you to visit other players towns via dreams Mm -hmm. yeah so the one thing i was kind of speculating reading about this have you seen Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? Sure. Great film. Um, yeah. I was kind of wondering, like, what the dream eating means. Like, is it literally eating the dream itself? Like, so when it's eating your dream, you're like Jim Carrey running around while his memories are collapsing around him, kind of apocalyptically? Or is it kind of like dream, and I've referenced this series before in Sandman, where he, like, slips into somebody else's dream and takes food out of the dream Oh, interesting. that he can then eat? Or, like, are the dreams, like, you mentioned Eternal Sunshine, and dreams and memories aren't the same thing, right? But, like, let's say a a dream gets produced out of your mind and it's kind of, like, floating above your head. Is he just, like, grabbing it kind of just uh, out of your head once you're done with it? Like, oh, now that dream is gone. I've got some. (laughs) That sounds so sad. Darling, darling, I want you to arbitrate one more possibility here. Okay, okay. Is it like an Inside Out from Pixar yeah. where dreams are actually kind of like live action movies that are staged in a section of your right, mind? Right, that's what I was I love thinking. that gag. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. And then you have like Drowsy break in there, kind of like one of the other personality traits, and just go ham on that section of the brain. Darling, what do you think? Oh, is it actually eating part of your brain? Oh my god. See, now you've got me thinking about Bing Bong, played by the criminally underrated Richard Kind in Inside Out. Uh, but... Here's a wonderful little bit of horror from the Pokemon Emerald Pokedex big bing bong that head. addresses <laughs> big know, old bing kind bong of head. <laughs> I'm a big bing bong head. Yeah, uh, we got the uh, the LA Underground Bing Bong Network on Facebook. <laughs> Everyone's sharing bing bong memes. Everyone's talking about it. <laughs> It'll be in the show notes. <laughs> Please get yourselves to the Bing Bong Network and come and share all your bing bong theories. <laughs> Uh, please follow me on my podcast coming out next month bing bong man (laughs) bong man bong no No, that's not a weed podcast it's not a weed podcast (laughs) it is all about bing bong (laughs) we're uh we're counting down the latest bing bong news (laughs) you could get a nice little signal boost from uh the microsoft search engine is that even still active i thought they were deactivating it no because you know all of the baby boomers who don't uh switch from uh internet explorer to something else and they have, have msn as their have msn as their homepage. they got bing baby <laughs> oh my god so you're a bing man man <laughs> <laughs> you're bing crosby so from the emerald pokedex you were asking about like well how does it eat the dreams here's a fun little thing to keep you up tonight if your nose becomes itchy while you are sleeping it's a sure sign that a drowsy is standing above your pillow and trying to eat your dreams through your nostrils. This is not going to keep me up tonight. 
because we don't live in the Pokeverse. <laughs> so I'm not super worried. Like, if I was a cartoon character, like even if I was from another anime, even if I was like an, <laughs> a, an Evangelion person, <laughs> an Evangelionite, or a, a, an Alita Battle Angel, or whatever, if I was any of these things. Fun fact, the last film released by 20th Century Fox That's is an independent one. company. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it's not. It wasn't Dark Phoenix. No, no, because you know, no, because they're already bought. Now they're bought. Yeah. Oh, uh, I yeah. guess you're right. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. If I was any of those anime characters, I might be. Like, well, you know, it's all one anime verse. <laughs> this, this thing could show up at if any time. If you fly far enough into the sky, until you like ding in like a little flash of light, until you bing <laughs> in a little flash of light, please. Oh God! Do you know what the actual other thing that I read is keeping Bing alive is? Is that apparently it's uh, reverse image search is really good. So apparently a lot of like porn people are using it for illicit purposes. I have heard that. Yeah, it's like those two. It's the boomers that don't know how to change their default browser and search engine and pervs. Yeah. Hashtag no kink shaming, but yeah. Well, you know, I'm not dying for it to go away. Uh, you know, let it be. It's not doing anything hey. to me. It's not affecting me. It's, it's not, not hurting me. But hey, pull and one it's out a good for punchline. Alta Vista. <laughs> Is it still alive? No, I think Alta Vista is gone. I mean, so this is actually reminding me of that John Mulaney bit about quicksand. Sure. So, like, Drowsy's <laughs> kind of like quicksand to John Mulaney for you. It's like, yeah, I thought it was going to be a bigger concern when I was growing <laughs> up, but no, <laughs> turns out, don't have to worry about it. Absolutely. Oh, and lava also. I mean, he's right. Yeah. When we were kids, that was definitely, like, that was a constant threat in every cartoon. <laughs> you know, people were just falling in quicksand left and goddamn right. Yeah. And um, you and you like as a little kid were on the playground like anytime somebody mentioned quicksand you're like okay you gotta stay perfectly still because if you struggle you're gonna sink yeah it's like yeah you gotta have a friend pull you out and like you just know mm. all the ways that you get out of quicksand you that's know right. it, like, a cheat like, code look <laughs> cheat code. lava was so prevalent that it could like it could be in your living room at any time mm-hmm. oh yeah <laughs> and yeah. you had to hop and you know your only uh, the recourse was to hop from couch to couch. Bingo. That's the only way to stop. Well, yeah, because the couches were made of asbestos, yes. so you were going, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when your parents thought you were monkeying around, you were training. You were being ready in case because right. you did not want to be the weakest link when the lava came. That's right. You <laughs> wanted to be ready. Yeah. <laughs> A generation raised on the floor is made of lava is ready for global warming. Yes, so. that's depressingly true. <laughs> so we are kind of moving through like a weird pastiche of different types of horror so we have the dream eater first and now we have the neckbeard nice guy hypno <laughs> who also eats your dreams who also eats your In dreams but way. he does quite a bit more uh could you please tell us about neckbeardamon <laughs> that's what its dizzymon name would be let's be real uh yeah hypno it's still a psychic type doesn't get anything extra except it now has a ruffled coat and it's carrying a pendant that it is constantly waving in one hand and doing the, these are not the droids you're looking for, gesture with you're, his other. You're getting very sleepy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My notes on this, I'll just say flat out, are just like a series of roasts of this Pokemon. <laughs> There's, whereas for other Pokemon, I have like factual trivia and like real world well, comparison. Well, it's definitely there asking you if your sister is single. <laughs> <laughs> It's definitely looking like the two words other than its own name it would know are actually and milady. <laughs> <laughs> if you offered it something to hold in addition to its uh, little hypnotizing tchotchke, it would ask for a fedora. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, darling, do you have anything else to say about this guy? Oh, the there? face you just made. <laughs> oh, Baloo, what does the lore say? What, okay, so what's here. frequently mentioned in one of the Pokedex entries? So, this is really weird. This is really baffling. I try not to call out Bulbapedia too much, like directly. Well, but this but is like, I've got... in the Pokedex, too. Like, it's not yeah. just Bulbapedia. Um, 
this is dropped repeatedly in this description for some reason that it once stole a child. It's dropped repeatedly in the same article? Not in the same, like across multiple citations of it in like different games. Different but also, these things are species, right? Yeah, like, so did it, every member of this species steal a child at one point, or did one individual? I like the idea of every hypno in the world descending just to grab one kid. <laughs> it's like it's coming of age. It's like the equi- it's uh, uh, here we go. It's like the predator having to travel to a planet and conquer like the apex predator on a different planet before it's recognized <clears throat> by its council. I thought hypno you were going to say to steal a child. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a little Well, that more. is Predator rungs, Rumspringer. <laughs> I went with Predator because that turns Hypno into a child Predator. So there you go. <laughs> what I love is that it says, like, known to have stolen a child at one point. And I'm just thinking, like, the Hypno is reading this and going, hey, man, it was one time. Why do you keep bringing it up? <laughs> wow, guys. <laughs> yeah, and then the last roast I have is the softest roast of it, which is that, like, the facial expression with its eyes kind of, like, squinty a little bit. It looks like it just pulled the lamest prank on you in the office and thinks it got you really good. Like, we all have that one guy in the office. It's like, ah, ah, got you. I see, I see it. So, anyway. He's the guy that says, oh, we have fun here. We have fun here. <laughs> <laughs> He's the Michael Scott. Wow. It's the Michael Scott of Pokemon. I think Michael Scott, I think I actually can find a gif of Michael Scott making that exact face. So, <laughs> show notes. That's like my eighth promise already in 40 minutes. Uh... In the Ruby and Sapphire Pokedex, it says, while the Pokemon searches for prey, it polishes the pendulum. Pendulum. Is this our first Pokemon to exhibit OCD tendencies? No, I think they all do, because they all have to say their name before they attack. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so this one, we kind of skipped over this, but this one and uh, Drowsy both have actually really cool shinies, um, I will admit. Yeah, they're perfectly creepy. What's yeah. a shiny? All right, so very rarely you will come across a Pokemon that is like, you know, the Pokemon, but it's a different color than the rest. So it's a shiny. Like, it's got an alternate coloration. Okay. Uh, Onyx is, like, normally just, you know, this nice-looking boulder thing, but the shiny form is gold. Uh, with these, they both have kind of, like, this, like, chewing gum, kind of, like, also kind of grapey coloration that really like a works. dark pink. Yeah, which yeah. really works for how weird and creepy they are. Like, I appreciate that when they made the shiny, they went, hey, these things are weird. Let's just top that. Mm-hmm. Let's make them even stranger. Yeah, it definitely feels like something from, like, an older, more mature anime, like, with that coloration. Like, it's funny how that one simple change makes it, like, feel a little bit more creepy. Like, something out of, like, one of Studio Ghibli's more darker movies or even, like, actually, it remi- it just reminded me of, like, Ninja Scroll. Have you ever seen that old anime? No. No? Okay, there's this one guy in there who's, like, the creepiest dude, but he's also one of the first monsters to die in the movie, um, who has purple skin that he can immediately harden into rock. So, there's your tie-in to Onyx. Um, But I don't think we have anything else to say about the creepy psychics. Well, I just realized something. Like, looking at the shiny form, I just started thinking about Mojo from the X-Men. Mojo has yellow skin. Oh, well. Yellowish green, yeah. Yellowish kind of green. Oh, yeah, huh. I don't know why, you know, considering, like, it's got yellowish skin normally, I don't know why I didn't think But no, that, like, but the hand yeah, motion like, thing and kind yeah. of like, yeah, I totally see what you mean. And yeah. Mojo also had dreadlocks for some reason. That was weird. Was the, Were they dreadlocks or were they just wires? I don't know. They were wires, but they yeah, looked like dreads. You know, because yeah, because he's plugged into all of the channels. Yeah, yeah exactly. That. Those were things that, like, they plugged into his yeah. Yeah. Uh, different feeds from around the universe. Fun fact, just like Rupert Murdoch. Late 80s, early 90s X-Men were doing some really interesting stuff as far as, like, taking that 90s style to, like, a crazy extreme with stuff like Mojo and just... Ahab. 
Um, oh God, Ahab's yeah. The, uh, what's the the techno um, warlock? Uh, what's oh, the species is from? Yeah, I know exactly. Like oh, yeah, yeah. the one oh, the... that looks like a Basquiat drawing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly. I totally know who you're talking about, and I think he died like trying to save the X Mansion or something like that. Um, I know you're talking. I think about. he's still on the X Force. The Phalanx. The Phalanx is what I'm talking about. There you go. Oh, I'm thinking of someone entirely different. Who's the one that had like the three gold heads on his chest or something? I remember that action figure. I don't remember the actual X Man. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but I don't remember. Yeah. No idea. But they were taking some chances. Yeah, they respect. were out there. Mm-hmm. All right. So for our next Pokemon, I only have one thing to say about it. But darling, I'll let you cue us up. Well, it's a Water type, and it's found basically anywhere there's water. Once you have the Super Rod, it's Krabby. It is a one foot tall crab. Great. That's Done. it. That's well, the Pokemon. Moving on. Yeah, we can right. move on. I got one. I have one thing. <laughs> one thing to say. Okay. <laughs> uh, just that. Uh, uh, literally the only interesting thing about this thing. Uh, there was a move called Crab Hammer, which had 100 power and 90% accuracy, which you know, pretty pretty good, I gotta mm-hmm. say. And up until Gen 3, when the superior crustacean Pokemon Corfish was introduced, Crabby and its evolution Kingler were the only ones who learned this pretty good move. Mm-hmm. So boring ass Pokemon with a good signature move. I didn't listen to any of that. <laughs> You're uh, not I, missing much. I love you very much. I just uh <laughs> I couldn't. <Aww. laughs> you don't say that on the first date though. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've creeped you all out. I get it. <laughs> it's okay. We we we're gonna go to the bathroom and have our and text our friends to call us in ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Years ago some friends of mine had a, this idea about setting up a service for getting people out of bad dates, which would be called chicken date. The premise is that you I text feel like someone that exists. Oh yeah, but yeah. our idea, you text chicken date or you just like hit the chicken date app. Yeah. And then grown men in chicken costumes would come and kidnap you from whatever restaurant or bar <laughs> you were in. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. Ever wanted to chicken out of a date? Call chicken date. A legitimate piece of advice uh for that I've actually given to multiple ladies um uh-huh just for, as a matter of like safety and being able to find a safe way out of a situation and stuff like that. There are apps in various app stores that you can buy that uh, will that you can program to have a certain contact look like they're calling you Yes. Huh, at a specific time. So it makes your phone light up, does all the things, all the motions. You swipe to open it and answer a call. But like, you know, it gives you the deniability of being able to say, oh, this person's calling me. So if you ever need that. I have that, this emergency. I got to oh, go. And that's you weird. can just immediately huh. create it or and even delay it so that if you do go to the bathroom, you can just schedule it so that mom is calling in five minutes. Sure. And so if your phone is showing, hey, mom is calling. Her contact photo is showing up at 1130. This must be urgent. I need to go. Huh. That's Mon clever. men yeah. giving all the advice to ladies to get out of dates. <laughs> we are allies here. So. Fuck yeah. So that being said, what we are not allies to is this uncreative design, which is yeah. literally just a crab. Yeah. I, I just got to say that this is one of those Pokemon lines in the first generation that I hold up when people say newer generations are unoriginal and that Gen 1 was the best. This is a crab. Duck it with just stick could not be reached for comment. Hey, Duck with stick at least has a stick. <laughs> Duck with stick has character to it. Yeah, was that the name of this thing was duck with stick <laughs> <laughs> it is on this podcast no, its, it's official name is farfetched but it is a adorable little kind of pissed off duck with a stick <laughs> all right i'll show it to you later but right, we call it do. duck with stick around these parts all right so i do have another i do have, i mentioned that there was going to be multiple stories of ash being kind of a dumbass on the show and ash gen one other... is come get your crab 
Yeah, the <laughs> other um, the other thing that kind of annoyed me about Ash is that he did not work. Like, even the show's narrator pointed out, like, Ash is training for once. Like, <laughs> openly throwing <laughs> shade at the show's hero. I like when the narrator shits on the hero. That's good. Yeah, and for some reason, he um, he had this amazing thing where, like, he would just always have, like, a Pokemon that would just evolve at just the right time to get his ass out of danger. And so, like, when he was going through the big Pokemon League, which is basically, like, the NBA Finals of this world, in his first round, he needed a water Pokemon and he couldn't borrow one. So he had to use his one water Pokemon he'd caught, which was this little crab that, despite it never having been trained before, managed to evolve into our next Pokemon, Kingler, just in the nick of time with the most powerful move in the Pokemon universe, available really? to it right away. Yeah. <clears throat> like, so the Kingler has the most powerful move? It has access to this move called Hyper Beam, which, especially back in Gen 1, was just like OP. It was like Goku's Spirit Bomb, to okay. use a parallel. Um, normally, a Pokemon has to evolve to level, like, has to grow to level 50-something. Yeah. Like, it's one of the last moves a Pokemon generally learns, if it learns it. Yeah, Ash's Krabby managed to evolve and learn it right away, which, yeah, is just kind of like, oh, so you're a lucky, complete asshole. You had a Krabby <laughs> that happened to be at level 55 and <laughs> leveled up to level 56 <laughs> in this moment and learned that move at the same time. Yeah, do your thing, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have no comment. Uh, looks like it would be great with uh, some lemon butter. Oh, oh we'll oh, get to that. Skipping, skipping <laughs> Mon Appetit is two segments away from Oh, no, I... I <laughs> I have a very specific. Oh, I look forward to this <laughs> recipe. Yeah. Yeah. I I came prepared. <laughs> Good man. All right. Uh. So do you want to move us into the uh, larger oh. crab? Oh, yeah. Well, all I got to say <laughs> is that this big dumb crab's big dumb claw is so heavy that it's unwieldy, difficult to aim, and all that strain tires out the poor thing. These are all according to the Pokedex entries, which are basically screaming, this mon has a major design flaw. We have to skip ahead, you guys. Yeah. So aside, so I, can't, I can't with this one. <laughs> so aside from the fact that this crab also has just a bigger claw, it also has more spikes on its head, which kind of gives it the look like it got really into Smash Mouth between <laughs> evolutions. <laughs> <laughs> like, take a look at Kingler and tell me he does not look like he stands Guy Fieri all of a sudden. Like, he looks like a guy who picks where to eat when he's traveling from diners, drive-ins, and dives. <laughs> I mean... I've been to a few of those diners. They are good. Dives. I will yeah, admit. Like, but that's his All right, so I move. see you throwing shade and but then walking it back. But that's his leading move, my okay. friend. <laughs> that's where he goes on a first date. Oh, yeah. That's what it is. There's nothing wrong with a first date at a cheaper place. That's where you want to go on a first date. You want to go for coffee or for a quick burger because you're not trying to like, you know. It's a first date. I think I always conduct first dates like a CIA dead drop. Like, hey, I've left a package here at this park bench. You have to go pick it you up, and never then it'll meet have the, the location. <laughs> I've never actually gone on a first date, so I have no idea. Yeah, you sit in separate booths and talk uh, yeah, back oh God, to back. Just like in the Detective Pikachu movie. Oh, that's Bingo. right. That's yeah. right. Wow, you managed to bring it full circle. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm just saying, if I'm up in New Hampshire or whatever, I'm getting a lobster roll from Dana's, and I got no problem with that. <laughs> $7 lobster roll? It's a first date. Yeah, why not? I don't care. Imagine if you ordered, like, the lobster bisque and this smash mouth face was looking up <laughs> the soup. You look very... F Somebody <laughs> once ate me. Well, I know what the outro music is going to be now. Somebody once told me the world would lobster roll me.
guys were killing it today. We um, just high fived. I'm all, all right. about it. So I do want to bring splice in like some just large crowd sound effect. <laughs> Gentlemen, course. how long have we been working together? I believe you both deserve a raise. <laughs> but I do. So to bring us back to the real world, I do have some real world, real world points I want to make. There are huge crabs in the world. Um, yes, there are spider crabs or whatever. Like, 16 feet claw to claw. Yeah. Like, that's how big Japanese spider crabs can Jesus. get. Yeah, so this is one of the other rare cases this has happened before, where we're finding out that the Pokemon edition is actually fairly restrained compared to some of the real-world counterparts. Even for, Amer- for our American listeners, in Florida, there are giant coconut crabs. Um, so named because their claws are powerful enough to crush coconuts apart to eat. They're not carnivorous, thankfully. Um, but they are... That they, we know of. Yeah, they get to be up to three feet long. So that's only a foot smaller than Krabby, than Kingler. Um, so yeah, Kingler, not unreasonable at all. Uh, except for the dumb expression on its face. I feel like Krabby and Kingler are Pokemon that will always call you boss. And it's just like, <laughs> what's it going to be, boss? They're definitely like the nerdy sidekick in the front in like the Sandlot movie. <laughs> That's always asking the true lead character, like, what are we going to do? <laughs> hey, boss, the exposition, boss. <laughs> <laughs> Basil, exposition. That's another joke that I actually did not get until I was thinking about Austin Powers this morning. And the fact that his name is Basil <laughs> Exposition. <laughs> Uh, there was some Simpsons joke. Uh, I don't know if they... I think it was something that they mentioned on a DVD commentary, how they wanted to do it, but they never did, where Lisa would be explaining something and we'd see this sign that said Exposition Boulevard. I like. I, I appreciate call-outs like that. Yeah. I mean, that's a good sight gag yeah. that they could have pulled off. And it's a good LA gag as well. Yeah, sight gags are all the rage these days. <laughs> have you guys noticed they're having a moment? <laughs> yeah, we've got like five in this podcast alone. Yeah. You can't see them, but they exist. Yep. Oh, they've been so good, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly sign store names that uh, kind of like Bob's Burgers and BoJack Horseman. But okay, so we're done with the crabs, I think. I got one thing. Uh, oh, just my that... God. <laughs> oh, no, it's a good thing. The no, one... we got we to move on from the crabs. <laughs> oh, no, just like Kingler has one of can the I, coolest... Can I just... Can I veto hey, this? I won the can battle veto here. This fact? I saved our Hang jobs. Hang on, you tied the battle. <laughs> I saved our jobs. <laughs> anyway, Kingler has a cool grayscale shiny. That's it. That's the so one like thing. Pleasantville grayscale. Uh, super worth it. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> I'd say like, yeah, fact. it looks like it's it looks like a crab that would be on I Love Lucy. <laughs> I'm sorry, Pleasantville is Tobey Maguire's second best leading role. I definitely am glad to have the opportunity to bring it up. I'm assuming Spider-Man is the first one. Yeah, of course. Okay, Spider-Man Two. I see what you did. Okay, there we go. Okay, fair. Um, fair. Voltorb. Let's get on to Voltorb. So let's talk about the let's talk about the next Pokemon that's going to be this inducted into the hay. This is the one I came down here for. This yes. is the one I need to talk. It's about. electric type. You first encountered it on Route 10 outside the Kanto Power Plant. Gil, take it away. No, I'm not taking it. I'm just saying it looks like a Pokeball. That's <laughs> stupid as hell. Oh, so let's get so let's get even stupider. Do you know how they? How do you think an animal in the world evolves to mimic? A man-made object. They don't. That's not a thing that happens in the world. (laughs) Exactly. What they say is that apparently a Pokeball got exposed to life pulse energy that turned it into a Pokemon. All right. (laughs) So there's apparently some kind of a pulse energy that can turn inanimate objects into living creatures. You would think that would be like a bigger deal in the Pokeverse. I mean, Apparently these not. things, whenever they evolve, they turn into just beams of light and then turn into a completely different species. So, Is that what happens? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, what do they turn into? 
Well, I mean, it's like they go from like, themselves. Yeah, yeah, so like Krabby starts getting flashy for one. Oh, you're talking about all the Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like so when they evolve, they turn into another type when they evolve, and they turn like they usually glow or they just turn into a beam of light or something, and then boom. Yeah, so when so when we say evolve, we're not talking right. a Darwin ev- evolution of like Krabby over millions of years became Kingler. Yeah, we're talking about. Ash's it, it crabby. been using the one claw forever. <laughs> and over millions of years, that one claw became unwieldy and hard to... See, that would make more sense. Use. It's like a highlight player. No, right. no. So that's what I was talking about with, like, in the battle with Ash. Ash's crabby literally just was in a battle, stopped and stood still for five seconds, and then grew by four feet into a Kingler. Without any food, not even a sandwich. Look... <laughs> Popeye used to do this, but it took like some spinach. <laughs> Are you there, God? It's me, Krabby. It yeah. was it was an even more drastic change than that. <laughs> our frequent our frequent guest, Michael Chow, has a tweet that I adore, which is uh I'm paraphrasing here, but watching Popeye Oh shit, he's got the spinach. <laughs> so yeah. So I mean we've we're familiar with like they're kind of the two tiers of anime. Like you mentioned Cowboy Bebop, which is yeah, definitely that's, like that's the only anime I really have ever gotten into. Totally valid because the other tier that I'm gonna that I'm talking about with Pokemon that Pokemon kind of enters into is just very much like <clears throat> sort of fan fulfillment to a certain extent. Like I mentioned that a lot of anime kinda loses its luster. Like I was a big fan of like this one show called Bleach until I realized Oh, everybody has plot armor on. Pretty much everybody mm-hmm. that you could possibly love or be a fan of mm-hmm. is never going to die. There are no real stakes. Same thing with Dragon Ball Z. That's why it gets tons of shit for characters Same thing dying, with the last season of Game of Thrones. But always coming back. Right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Cowboy Bebop, there are real consequences. There are real stakes. It's a very good, deep story. They never really win. No. Even when they finish an episode, they haven't really won anything. They may they maybe just escaped with their lives. Huh. Yeah, so there are those two tiers of things. And, I mean, we're talking about, you know, a show. The, so the funny thing about Pokemon, though, Pokemon does veer on this weird kind of maturity, which is that even though Ash frequently has these kinds of, like, whoop, that worked out perfectly <laughs> moments, he does lose mm-hmm. frequently. Yeah, he's well, never good. won a Pokemon League. He's always lost. Yeah. Pre- he's the Buffalo Bills. Okay. He has, like, a, he has a lot of heart. He'll give you some reasons to believe in him, like with the Krabby thing. But you, but you always kind of groan at the way they like write in the victories for him. But it basically comes down to like, okay, once he's out of Pokemon, they can possibly evolve to save his ass. That's it. It's go. It's it's time of death. <laughs> um, okay, so let's get into this. Vo- let's get into this Pokeball yeah. thing again. On the the current well, Pokemon series is the same protagonist, same Ash. Yeah, yeah. Ash. It's always been still, Ash and Pikachu. We've always been following these. Two. Yeah, it's yeah. been like twenty years of this one twelve-year-old. He's like Calvin of Calvin and Hobbes, where sure. like the strip ran for like what twelve years, and Calvin was six years old perpetually. Yeah. yeah, I just feel like like other franchises might have like moved on to a different character. Hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Hmm. I mean, I well, like, like his traveling like companions all the have changed. Spin-offs. Like. I think the only consistent thing have been himself, Pikachu, Pikachu. and then Team Rocket and okay. Meowth. So that's his longest relationship is with Team Rocket. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> is true. Well, Pikachu predates it by like a day. They love each other. There so is much. there is actually like a weird quasi <laughs> like, hey, we're trying to steal your Pikachu, but we have kind of grown to respect you in a weird sort of way. <laughs> um, it's all kayfabe at this point. 
yeah, the only other show I can think of that really had that kind of passage, actually, it's British TV in general is the only kind of, like, media that I can think of that actually passes the torch between major protagonists. Yeah. Like, it's willing to let, um, so, like, the British version of Shameless. Right. You know, the Gallaghers, it shifted focus from the Gallaghers after the first year and all that sort really? of thing. Really? Huh. Um, and then Skins also, like, the British version of Skins, you know those characters graduated and passed the torch to the younger generation of characters and so on and so forth um so yeah but i don't i can't think of too many anime that do that sort of thing where another character kind of becomes the protagonist but hey just in my head i just kind of assumed that was a thing i don't know why i assumed that it just i mean game of thrones kind of did that where ned stark was set up as like being right. like the core of the story but then <laughs> Uh, yeah, my joke in like season three or four was, <clears throat> I know a character's gonna die because I finally learned their name. <laughs> but at some point, like the cast list became so much smaller, it was like, okay, now I know who everyone is. Yeah. But in like season three or four, it was like I had no idea who anyone was. I didn't know anyone's names, even like our main characters. I was like, yeah, it's that guy's brother. Got it. <laughs> Do you know what's a real exercise in futility? Is trying to listen to Game of Thrones on audiobook. Oh God. Oh my God. It was. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. I couldn't do it. You can't huh. keep track of anything. It's even harder to keep track of the names. And bless the reader of the audiobook. I can't remember his name, but he tried his best to get to do like ten different versions of grizzled <clears throat> middle-aged man voice. <laughs> God. But yeah, go figure. It turns out it's kind of hard to do. So like, as much as like five characters in the first season already look alike, yeah, he made like. 15 more all sound like too <laughs> hmm. um so yeah i'm never gonna try that again yeah so, so i think us voltorb yeah us having not talked about voltorb for a full 10 minutes good summation of the fact that we all find this design boring well it's boring but it's weird it's like, insane yeah so it's an insane idea that like this inanimate object became came yeah. to life and then was designated a pokemon yeah well and here's what it says <laughs> it's in... just like if like, if within this world a Pokemon is a thing, a definable thing, that if you looked in your in your dictionary, you could say, like, a Pokemon is, is these are the qualities that make something a Pokemon. How is uh, an inanimate object coming to life, how does that fall into the category of this same thing? Yeah. Well, like, I can understand, some, like, there are ghosts that wind up inhabiting, like, say, there's a haunted sword Pokemon, which is a great, awesome idea, but that makes sense, right? No. Okay, well, <laughs> that's right. an inanimate object. Yeah, it, I mean, I think guys can haunted pick it up. sword makes more sense than, as they say in Crystal, during the study of this Pokemon, it was discovered that the components are not found in nature. So its insides are just whatever's inside a Pokeball. I have no fucking clue. So, yeah, so on the one hand, like, there was, like, a bit that said that it was a Pokeball that had been infused with weird energy, but then it's also saying that, nope, the components are just... We don't know what this is either, but yeah. good luck, 12-year-olds. Yeah. These so... things will explode. However, from a meta perspective, these are kind of fun, because uh, when you first are introduced to them, like, throughout the game, you have become conditioned, you know, like, oh, hey, I'm walking around the game. And here's a thing that's shaped like a Pokeball. It's going to be an item that's going to be helpful to me. Right. So then you go into the power plant and you are seeing like, oh, hey, more of these balls. Yay, items. But some of them are Voltorbs. So you're thinking like, oh, I'm going to get something that's going to help me. No, this is going to be a very angry thing that's going and to explode at you. And then it bites you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, no, it doesn't bite. It literally explodes. Oh, okay. I thought you said fight. <laughs> it's but... signature. This Pokemon is known for having the signature move of self-destruct. All right. Yeah. Which is exactly what it sounds like. Yep. 
So this is another Pokemon I that mean, I'm. You and me both, Voltorb. You and me both. <laughs> yeah. So this adds this. This becomes numbers Pokemon's number three and four that I say would be in the Pokemon Hague for war crimes, <laughs> most decidedly. Um, Charizard is the first one, the big fire dragon that you might remember from Detective Pikachu. So there we go. We're yeah, yeah, I remember circle that guy. For you. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so Electrode, we're just going to move right into Electrode. Um, I hate it, as I've said about Voltorb already, too. Um, mainly because like it always bothered me that Voltorb has... like definite eyes but no mouth but then for some reason in order to get a mouth electrode loses its eyes and just gets dots um i just think yeah. it's a dumb design yeah well i think the base design is already dumb enough but then they're just making it even dumber i said in the notes that you probably hate it because it does that dreamworks smirk that all of the dreamworks movies had in their posters like right. all the dreamworks <laughs> animated movies yeah and then i counter with i actually think that dreamworks movies are have some underrated gems in them i mean i already <clears> stood <throat> up on this podcast to defend the kung fu panda trilogy as yeah, being okay. probably the best yeah. movie trilogy of the 21st century thus far. Interesting. Yeah, it holds up. It absolutely is amazing. Best of the 20th century so far. 21st century so 21st far. 21st century so far. Yeah. Best trilogy. Yeah. Huh. And huh. I mean, I kind of said that as a half joke, but even Michael Darling, who loves being contrarian to me <laughs> and calling me on my shit here, uh, that didn't true. have a good counter. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Include, including the so Born, we're here. The so Born, I'm throwing, I'm, I'm throwing uh, the gauntlet down for you. Well, there's been four of those. Oh, so. well, yeah. Like that's the thing. Um, like with John the... Wick. Ooh. See, I haven't seen John Wick three yet, and at the time I made that claim, John Wick three hadn't been released yeah. yet. So I may um, revise. So I will see John Wick three and revise accordingly. I might be seeing it sometime this week. But yeah, I mean, the first thing everybody always thinks of whenever they argue that is uh, the Nolan Batman trilogy. But Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight Rises so doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Breaks it for sure. So. Um. Yeah. Okay. Even Lord of the uh, Rings. what about the uh, Lord of the Rings? Is yeah. that 21st century? Or oh yeah, 20th century? yeah. That's all post 9/11. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah, we got the, Lord. The uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy yeah. is pr pretty strong. Pretty strong. I've revisited it. I don't think it holds up as well. Hmm. Uh, extended editions. Both. Because I <laughs> only watch both. extended editions. Really? So those I've because you've got 12 hours to kill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. Well, I think the uh, thing well, with that uh, is that Captain America. Captain America as a series. See, I like the Captain America series. I think it's just like First yeah. Avenger, yeah. Uh, Winter Soldier, Civil War. Well, I like Captain America as a series, but it's hard to divorce it from the larger it's MCU hard. that's part of. So that's like the funny thing is, I would actually among the Avenger, the MCU trilogies that certain characters got, and I do like that each of the original three Avengers each got their own trilogy arc outside of their roles in the Avengers. Captain America movies. was not an original Avenger. <laughs> well, so he was it's the true. first Avenger, um, but he wasn't found until like issue five of the comics. Yeah, but get it right. I'm talking about the MCU, the cinematic universe. Stop haranguing <laughs> me. Um, I, I actually I actually vouch for Thor having the best trilogy of movies at this point. Uh, that first one doesn't hold up. I like the first one. It's the second Thor one Ragnarok doesn't hold completely up for me. redeems all. Well, I mean, but yeah, it's, Thor it's Ragnarok is the start of a amazing, new trilogy, but... though. Like, Watiti wants to come back. Yeah. But you know, that's going to be a whole new thing. That's why that's, that's why we know that uh, Hemsworth isn't leaving the MCU because yeah, once once he worked with Taika, he was like, yeah, no, I'm in for a couple more of these. I'm rejuvenated and I want to play this character forever. For sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Dark World, I honestly, I, I give it a little more credit than most people do, uh, for a lot of movies that are just kind of, like, episodic, like, sometimes mm. it's just, okay, I'm just spending time with this character I like, so I don't really, I wasn't really worried too mm. much about, like, some of the plot stuff that other people mm. were. 
Fair See, enough. Thor has like the fun fish out of water stuff. Yeah. Whereas I don't think there's anything nearly as fun in Dark World. Sure. I really hope the next Thor slash Guardians of the Galaxy movie mm-hmm. turns into planes, trains, and automobiles with him <laughs> and Star Lord. <laughs> like, just imagine like Star Lord is trying to get rid of Thor, and then gets him and Thor both stranded on a strange planet, and then it just becomes like a planes, trains, and automobiles for the two of them. Yeah, he's got no place. I'm else in to for go. it. I'm in for that. Look, I think that the the way that the MCU movies have been in, uh, constructed over the last phase or so, I think the most logical outcome beginning first act of the next Guardians movie yeah. is going to be uh, two minutes of of Thor being on the ship and then Thor gets called away to something else. And so whatever whatever cool thing that they set up for like the next you know, um, next interpersonal dynamic, they are going to uh, renege on that immediately because that's just the way that MCU, yeah. that's just the way MCU movies work. They're sure. like, they all end with something of like, oh, look, we just have changed the status quo and then the beginning of the next movie that is, is always true. like, yeah, yeah, we're done. Although, with that. I think Hemsworth has said in interviews that he's really into the idea of being a part of the next Guardians, like a serious part. So I'm sure he would yeah. be, but just well, that's think, the history of the MCU. It's unfair that he's so pretty and so funny. I want to find the improv teacher that like told him he was funny and just murder that guy. <laughs> How <laughs> dare you? Here's my unpopular opinion. Go ahead. This is going to make this podcast controversial. He's the worst part of that Ghostbusters movie. Really? He's, really? He's huh. the thing that makes that Ghostbusters movie yeah. bad. The, huh. fe- the female comedians are all brilliant. Uh, the story is whatever. It's fine. Feig doesn't really know how to do theme, and that's okay. Um, but Hemsworth is the worst part of that movie because he exists in a completely different reality. Huh. Like he's a guy that literally doesn't know how to f- how a phone works. Mm. That's true. And is completely cartoony, and it's all because Feig is super in love with Hemsworth and lets Hemsworth do whatever he wants. So Hemsworth just goes off and is like, "Yeah, I'm a guy who doesn't know how to phone works now." And that scene stays in the movie. And here's what's worse: the worst part yeah, of it. Yeah, because Janine was competent as a secretary. Whereas, super hyper yeah. competent. Oh yeah. So the, the only reason they're keeping around. Hey, we're st- back to the Ghostbusters. Within, <laughs> within the plot of the movie, the only reason they keep him around is because he's pretty. But that doesn't really track for those characters. Mm-hmm. Like it just like that motivation doesn't. It's quite, Kristen Wiig's character. That's yeah, really it's super in love with him. Yeah, yeah. But it's weird that the other characters are like, yeah, keep him around because yeah. Kristen likes him. Ah, I do like the joke where. He's asking about headshots, which ones make him look more like a doctor. Fine. It, it's a cute joke. Oh, yeah. No, not like, it, doesn't, being yeah, well, it doesn't work. It's a great joke. It just doesn't work with the reality of the film, I think. Yeah. You. The thing that makes the character uh, untenable, that, that really galls me, is that last act after the, after the climax, after they finish the fight, you find out that he was across the street getting a sandwich. That's that's the joke they decide to make. They're like, oh, I was across the street getting the sandwich while this all happened. So that takes a character from likable but dumb to malicious. Well, doesn't he get possessed, though? Before that. Once he's not yeah, possessed he's been anymore. Exorc- he'd been exorcised. After, oh, okay. yeah, after he's yeah. done getting possessed, he goes across the street and gets a sandwich. Oh, so that means the okay. character doesn't even have a good heart, doesn't even care mm, about these four yeah. women, doesn't care about them as it's people. It's okay to be a dummy if, as long as you're a dummy with a good heart. If yeah. you're a dummy with a good heart, then yes, a lot of sins can be uh, washed over. Yeah, you hear that, darling? Keep trying. But he, <laughs> but he doesn't care about these people, which hmm. makes the character unredeemable. Hmm. And that's why I think he's the worst part of that movie. Huh. So please send your responses to at GJ Barron on Twitter. <laughs> I look forward to arguing with everyone. I am right. <laughs> I mean, I stand by that. I actually endorse that take as well. Yeah, that's, um, a, that's a good take. I well, it's it also the fact that like not only that, but they kind of do that like, 
eye-rolly thing where they have him show up and take credit also on top oh, of yeah. not having yeah. been there. So it was very much like, oh, of course, he's a dude and he's a pretty dude. Sure. He's going to take credit as yeah. like a white male doing this. I mean, it like, felt like uh, the reason they did that was because he was so dumb that maybe he thought he won. Sort of like the way Lewis Tully wins in Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. You know, but... Rick Moranis kind of like is there at the right time and everyone's like, oh, you you won and uh, takes credit because he doesn't know any better and I mm. think like that could be chalked up to that but just the going to get a sandwich and it's like, oh, I didn't care about any of this danger you went but and were But he legitimately yeah. knew that they were fighting for their He knew lives, they were in danger, yeah. And he chose to go get a sandwich and then show up and not tell anybody else except for them like when the TV news, yeah. So yeah, terrible, terrible, yeah. terrible. Yeah. yeah, It's really dumb. And that's all Hemsworth. All of that is improvised by Hemsworth, I believe. Yeah, it's probably that loosely scripted improvisation. But, I mean, they also chose to leave it in. Like, there are multiple people that Yeah, they chose to leave it in because uh, Feig thinks Hemsworth is the most hilarious guy. And that's why, you know, that's why Ragnarok, you know, most of the jokes undercut the emotional moments. Mm. And I th- I've revisited Ragnarok. I love it. I think there's a lot of great things. But I think that where the MCU has been in the last half of... Uh, of, of phase three or now let's say all of phase three mm-hmm. has been there's they've never met an emotional moment they couldn't undercut with a joke and i think it's mm. been to their detriment as i don't i don't know that they will hold up in 20 years because huh. of that interesting that specifically we'll come back we'll have you back on in 20 years when we're doing like gen 8 great or 12 okay. i don't know how the i feel like by then there. it'd be more 12 so. <laughs> yeah. yeah by then <laughs> do not have me on before then <laughs> 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 when we're in our fucking 50s. Jesus. Are you okay? <laughs> you just got hit with something. <laughs> I, I got hit with it. Like, with be, reality. Yeah, oh, you yeah, just exactly. figured out how time worked. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to, this is not the first time, but this is a this is a podcast that encourage our, encourages our listeners to learn math. So, <laughs> welcome to Math Men. I thought we encouraged existential dread. Yeah. But that, well, <laughs> no, that's just my brand in general. Aww. Um, all right, so I'm going to move us off of these Pokemon that I've been enjoying. Electro is literally called a bomb ball in universe. That's it. Boom. Squeezing that one, in, one at the buzzer. I think that one was worth doing. Fair Thank enough. Uh, anything having to do with Krabby or Kringle or whatever the hell <laughs> Kringle. <they are>. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a shellfish allergy? <laughs> no, I love sh- I love eating shellfish. I just think that they're boring-ass ideas for Pokemon. Oh, yeah. Valid. They're terrible. All right, so this is Shelf where so this is where we get Voltorb's to weird, terrible. No, these are weird, and that's insane, and I love it. So I'm all about <laughs> these ones. So this is where we get to kind of revise and improve a little bit. How would we change the Pokemon for the better? One change, each person. Welcome to Mon Mons. Mr. Darling, if you could lead us off, please. Oh, God. Honestly, this week's Mons are either perfect, Onyx, perfectly <laughs> weird, the drowsy line, or just so boring you can't really do anything with them, uh, which is to say the other four. Mm-hmm. So, uh, since the yellow deck says Kingler's Crawl, Humbig Claw can be as hard as steel, let's just make it water steel and at least give it something that's interesting. You wouldn't maybe make the other claw the same size so it's more symmetrical? Oh, no. Fuck that. <laughs> My OCD then it's just a giant crap. Okay, yeah. If you'd like to go Gil, what yes. would you change? I would take Voltorb and Electrode. Voltorb has the red on the top and the white on the bottom, and Electrode has the red on the bottom and white on the top. Mm-hmm. Switch it. <laughs> <laughs> this is not invalid. He is allowed to call that his Mon Mod for the day, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think Voltorb should have white on the top. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, right. why not? 
All right. The only the only thing I have to say is that I really think Onyx is already perfect. I hate all the other Pokemon. It would be great on Onyx. Two more big boulders at the base. <laughs> I thought, oh, I thought we had Gil Barron on, not Michael Bay. <laughs> God, well, which one of the Transformers movies was it that oh, had like I think the it was the first gigantic one. one? No, it was the second one oh, where was like it? it was teabagging the pyramid. Yeah, here's another yeah. franchise that I could never wrap my head around, and like <laughs> I was the generation that should have been into Transformers. But, like, uh, living robots never make sense to me. <laughs> yeah, no, didn't make um, sense to me. Uh, to, uh, or, uh, I don't mean living robots like like Data or, you know, her or whatever. Like, a robot that gains sentience, like, that's fine. That's its, it's own It's a species thing. that is robot. There are species as robots. There's never an explanation of who built them. There's never an understanding of how they reproduce. None of that. Yeah, it doesn't make any goddamn AI. sense. Yeah, it's why, like, the Cars movies are just, like, mind-boggling. They're in, oh, it's talking about existential dread. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. An entire universe where like you have you have tools but no one to use them. Yeah. And somebody paved roads for these cars to have been invented and taken and like yeah. Yeah. So there is a Pope mobile in the cars universe with a Pope that like a car Pope that rides inside the Pope mobile. Oh my god. Is which that implies true? that someone tried to shoot the car Pope at <laughs> some point. And also, there was a car Jesus way back when. I was about to say, I was like, if you miss out on the fact that there was a car Jesus that got car crucified. Oh, we got to... <laughs> I'm moving backwards through time here, Like, buddy. he had his axles splayed. <laughs> <laughs> Is planes in the same... Uh... Yes, it's from above the world of cars, as the from tagline. From above the world of cars. Yeah, Hang on, car Jesus, said. instead of being put up on a cross, he actually just got put up on a rack at, like, a mechanic shop. <laughs> What kind of car was Car Jesus? It's just all of this infrastructure that exists doesn't make any fucking sense. Mm. I think Car Jesus was a Tesla. <laughs> he was a 1920s Tesla. <laughs> a 1920s, a 1920s Tesla? Tesla. Yeah, like Tesla invent ten- Tesla made his perfect car that was like the magic car, oh, like okay. the prestige car. Oh, got it, okay. got it. And then yeah, the Ford cars, the Pharisees of the Ford Model Ts. <laughs> All crucified that. So Tesla. the entire history of the Cars universe only goes back about 120 years. Well, yeah, I mean, cars had to be invented. There's a car in the Cars universe who fought in World War II, which implies there's Car Hitler also. So is there Car Adam and Eve? Are the Cars so creations? So Car, Hit- car Hitler. Uh, I'm to... not touching this one. Yeah, you're right. I shouldn't. I I'm shouldn't. not going down that road with you, pun intended. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll get off this one. <laughs> I will go ahead and uh, and abort this mission. Absolutely. <laughs> it is becoming a running theme on the most recent run of episodes that we end up in some way just collapsing the idea of religion in some franchise or another. <laughs> <laughs> so let me close off with a really dumb mod because, like I said, I hate all the other Pokemon except for Onyx today. Let me just put Drowsy in backwards clothing and have him look like Crisscross. I'm sure there's a Photoshop out there somewhere of it, so I'll look for it. That's got to exist. I can't be the first person to think of this. The internet is undefeated. This is what Tumblr is for. <laughs> All right. So we've hey, talked- do you like two things? Tumblr. <laughs> so I uh, saw a bunch of pictures of the Lion King cast done up as Deep Space Nine characters. What? <laughs> yeah. These are Lion King characters, but the- they all. But one looks like Worf. One looks like Odo. One looks like Quark. <laughs> Wait a minute, Odo. Well, now we're in Deep Space Nine. This is what it, isn't that what it said? Oh, I thought you yeah. said Next Gen. Well, I said Deep Space Nine. I'm not listening. I'm looking up Drowsy Crisscross to see okay. if I can find anything. Uh, I maybe have my don't admit on straight. air that we don't listen to our co-hosts. <laughs> Who are you again? Gil. Gil Barron. Never heard of you. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
<laughs> you will have. So we have talked about the Pokemon, how we would change the Pokemon in their universe. Let's talk about what they would be doing in our universe. Welcome to Mon's World. A celebration of the harmony between humans and Pokemon. This is my Mr. Darling. <laughs> I was really hoping you would do the Don Pardo. Oh, it's Mon's World with Onyx. Voltorb, Electrode, Drowsy, <laughs> Hypno, Kingler, and musical guest, Four Non Blondes. <laughs> I really appreciate that you left Krabby out of that lineup. Thank you. <laughs> Fuck Krabby. <laughs> Four Non Blondes was the perfect choice for that. And Victoria Jackson. <laughs> And now, your host, <laughs> Michael Stipe. <laughs> Wait, and he's not the yeah, musical no, no, guest? He's, uh, he's, the, he's just the host? Okay. He's the host of Now, that. so Michael Stipe, if you could start off with your Mons World. <laughs> you all right? <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so uh, the Pokemon Sun Pokedex entry uh, says about Hypno, while it is an extremely dangerous Pokemon, which, okay, I'm not going to touch that one, uh, people who are in need of a good sound sleep call it their savior. So... I'm saying that they'd make great sleep therapists. Also, Voltorbs would be used for terrorism, presuming the terrorists don't blow themselves up in the process. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot else to say about that. I mean, these are pretty boring. I mean, they pretty much figure themselves out. Aside from if they weren't being, uh, you know, child predators, as we know they would be, they would either It was be... one time, bro. One time. Wow. Yeah, one time is plenty. Wow. Well, well, <laughs> yes, that's true. One time, yeah. one time is one time too many. <laughs> Yeah, they would be used for sleep therapy. They would be used for treating PTSD in particular. Um, and they would be cuisine in the crabs cases. And they would be terrorist weapons in the orbs cases. Uh, Onyx could be used for construction. Oh, good point. Construction projects, maybe? Uh, yeah. I mean, that ends up being the case with a lot of these rocky-type Pokemon. But, uh, yeah, no, it would help uh, that subway that they're this. building on Wilshire be done faster, which is the third time I've called that out on this podcast because it's right outside our window right outside our window and i commute down wilshire every day you um, said rocky type pokemon and just pictured stallone yeah and, you know maybe i'll fight pikachu maybe i won't you know <laughs> maybe I'll ash ketchum. <laughs> we did it <laughs> we did it ash sylvester stallone is Detective Pikachu. <laughs> um, so I think I've pointed this out. I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but speaking of dumb things that I did when I was younger, when I saw the original Rocky movie when I was maybe 12 or 13, I actually didn't know Rocky lost at the end. Oh, I thought, sure. I thought he Neither won. Neither did anyone who saw it the first time. Well, I so I thought he won. Wait, you thought he won as you were watching the movie. Oh, when you watched it, you thought he won. Yeah. Like, I thought he won. I think they leave it a little ambiguous. It's well, no, you hear, it did. It took me like a few, it was a few years later where I watched right. it and so, and it's like rich, finally rich. noticed that yeah. they announced Creed the winner by decision and then you see Creed by jumping. decision, yeah. Yeah. Which is why in two, he's like, I can't accept this. I can't accept the yeah. the win. You know, I didn't win by decision. I, I beat him and everyone's saying that I didn't beat him. And yeah. 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 But the but like Rocky's the whole point celebrating of, because he managed to last. Yes. Yeah, the whole point of it is is that I thought that Rocky was such a nobody that even right. him winning the fight meant that he stayed a nobody, and that was the point of the movie. That sometimes <laughs> like oh wow, Apollo's like Apollo's the big name celebrity, so like he gets a Rocky into the ring, and even though Rocky won, nobody gives a shit about him. Sure. Nobody like he gets to go back to his old life. Apollo Creed is still the champ because okay. it's an exhibition match technically. Right. Um. 
Yeah, huh. That was my misconception. Wow, yeah, that's a completely different movie. And it was a lot more existentially dreadful and terrifying that way, too, when you really think about it. But, yeah, um, but I mean, I think you still get some of that anyway, even though he, like, he lost, but he was launched into stardom. So, I mean, there yeah. is a little bit of that theme of, like, it really didn't matter, you know, the only thing he really won was the love of this woman, and that was really the yeah. point of it. Because, you know, the first Rocky movie is not a sports movie. It's a romance. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about his relationship with Adrian. So, yeah, yeah. I agree. That's my yeah. take on it. I mean, it's about his relationship with Adrian, but also just him proving to himself that he can be more than what he is. Because he's just, you know, he's just muscle for the mob yeah. when we see him in the movie at first. Yes, absolutely. And he becomes, like, this guy who's able to last 12 rounds with the champ. He's not even muscle for the mob. He's muscle for, like, a lone oh, shark yeah, that right. himself is, like, you yeah, know, someone low, who, like, yeah, he's sure. a low. He's a low. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's so interesting. I love those movies. I will watch those no matter what when they're on. Even five, I don't care. I like that in the first one, you know, the thing Mickey says to him is like, you're over 30, you're done, you, there's no way you can have a career. Hmm. And then goes on to have, you know, 10 more movies. Yeah, yeah I'm going to I'm gonna ask a question here. Was five really that bad? Yes. Was it? Yes. That's the one with the robot? No. Uh, no, robot. four has the robot. Ugh. Five is the one where he comes back from Russia. He's got brain damage. He loses all his money because of the he's got this like, like protege, Tommy Gunn. Oh god, yeah. <clears throat> god! The names of the boxers in the Rocky universe. Sure, like, Mason Dixon. Yes, thank <laughs> yeah. you. That's where I was going. Uh, for sure, Mason, Mason the, line the line Dixon. Dixon. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I was just thinking about Creed two today because mm-hmm. I loved Creed two. I love Creed. I love Creed two. I think they're fan both too. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, they brought back Brigitte Nielsen for Creed 2 and had one of the most dramatic emotional scenes mm-hmm. of 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Brigitte Nielsen, the, the fucking, the, you know. Barely two lines in the movie, but still so powerful. Yeah. Hmm. From, uh, from I Love Whatever mm-hmm. was, was the... Flavor of Love. Fl- flavor of Love. <laughs> uh, thank you. From Flavor of Love had one of the most dramatic, beautiful heartbreaking scenes of 2018 and got no recognition for it <laughs> um Dolph Lundgren coming out of Incredible. retirement and Inc- just so good I mean that was such powerful I like I don't think he was retired he just hasn't been doing anything major well, wasn't, yeah. wasn't he in the um uh the Expendables yeah the Expendables. like he was in the Expendables oh yeah that's true but I mean like yeah he hadn't he's, been acting he he's took, the like, Voltorb a of our time well mm. he's also like what like a Double PhD, yeah. medical yeah. engineering genius, yep. and he dated Grace Jones with respect. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. If you're gonna handle Grace Jones, mm. yeah, the guy is the Keanu Reeves of not film acting, worst. basically. <laughs> All right, so let's move us into our last and my favorite segment, Moon Appetit. If you'd like my personal crack medicine. So, Mr. Darling, if you could tell us which of the Pokemon today you would like to eat and how you would like them prepared. Well, we've reached a milestone. This is probably my most sadistic Mon Appetit. I'm going to roast a drowsy, but I will season it by feeding it very good dreams in the days leading up to cooking it. Now, obviously... Dreams of eating it? No, no, I'm going to feed... that would be like, cruel as oh, hell. Oh, that would be incredibly sadistic. Mm. I'm not... Here's <laughs> the thing. If I fed it dreams of it being eaten, it would know. And that would be a problem for me. So then it would turn on you. Yeah, exactly. And you see that thing. That mm. thing will turn. Uh, so I'm going to have to find people who are unaware of my plans to eat the drowsy and have the drowsy feed off of the dreams of them. So I did a little bit of Google translating to come up with a name for this, <laughs> uh, which is drowsy reveil foie gras, which is French for drowsy dream foie gras. So enjoy. 
I think that would be delicious. So you fatten I mean, it was, up and then you eat you fat, it. Food. I guess I am on its own. You I mean, fatten I was it up on dreams more... and then you cook it in those dreams. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking more uh, seasoning, but yeah, I guess I am fattening it up. Like I'm roasting it rather than doing a proper foie. But yeah, yeah. Huh. <laughs> uh, okay. All right, so I would go uh, again, continuing my theme of loving to bring up my Trinidadian heritage whenever I can. There's a delightful dish in Trinidad that uh, we make with crab. It's yes. a holiday dish. Fun fact. So I asked you about your shellfish allergy because I have an uncle with a severe one. Yeah, I don't have a shellfish allergy. Yeah. I want to know for the record, podcast audience, that if you send me shrimp, I will eat it. <laughs> he, will, he is that guy that will take that like, you know, classic <laughs> comedy bit in a movie when you're at a fancy thing. Gil is the guy that takes the entire shrimp <laughs> That's cocktail right. off yes. the passing yes. waiters <laughs> like tray. You say that and I just picture Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. And he's saying like, hey, don't mind if I do. Yeah. But, yeah, but my uncle is severely allergic to shellfish. And every year for Christmas, though, when we have this dish with crab in it, he buys a pair of EpiPens. Oh, so he sits, can eat it? That's sits amazing. with, and I, sh- I kid you not, he sits there with the two EpiPens clutched in his left hand, ready to go over his thigh. Are you usually in LA over the holidays? No, I'm in, it's when I go back to Trinidad. Okay. Um, so I've just gotten used to it. Because like, we do, a bunch of comedians get together at, um, at one of the dim sum palaces mm-hmm. on christmas eve a lot of you know christmas orphans and and uh, jews and people who don't celebrate That's christmas weird. we all uh, go there and for the last couple of years i've staked out my table as the shrimp table if you're going to sit at my table you are ordering a shrimp dish so you know these tables are like mm-hmm. nine people around and we get like nine shrimp dishes this all is together a dream come true it is a dream wow. come fucking true. He's just running down it's the, the, it's just running this line on the shrimp section. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My table is the shrimp table. Nice. So join me nice. at, uh, at uh, uh, w- 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 I don't know, what is it called? Comedy, give- comedy giving? No, it's uh, c- Chinese Miss is what we call it. Oh, cool. Ch- Chinese Miss. Come nice. hang out with me for Chinese Miss, sit at my table, eat a fuck ton of shrimp. Dude, I grew up in New York, so it became a very like classic thing on Christmas night. Like, I would go out Chinese just for food, Chinese food. Of course, food. yeah. We call it a Jewish Christmas, but now in our modern era, everybody kind of does the same thing. So so that's my dish, is I would go for my holiday dish of crab, of a crab Trinidadian stew that we call Kalaloo. <clears throat> so um, just to be clear, your uncle sits there <laughs> eating the Kalaloo yeah. with EpiPens over his leg. So he holds them in his left hand and eats it with his right, because it's like a stew kind of thing. It's like okay, a chowder. Yeah. So he has to, so he has to use a so spoon as, to eat it. As soon as he starts to feel it, he just immediately just, he'll just like casually like yeah in his thigh, just like <laughs> under the table, and it's so subtle like unless you're sitting right next to him, you won't notice it. No. Amazing, oh my dude, God. it's MVP. And then like yeah, he'll and he'll have a spare one just in case because he usually keeps eating after he starts feeling and like does yeah. the first epipen. All right, so with that, uh, I believe. Oh, Gil, we need to hear your meal. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I think I'm eating that drowsy. Ooh. Um, th- I thought you were going for the crabby earlier. I've had crab. I've yeah. never eaten an anteater. He doesn't have anything to prove here. Yeah. <laughs> you just heard the man. He has a shrimp table. <laughs> That's an right. An annual shrimp table. He's got nothing to prove as far as shellfish it's, is concerned. It's medieval the way we <laughs> behave on Christmas. Um, yeah, but, you know, I, I have an Israeli heritage. I'm going to put that thing on a, uh, on a shawarma spit <laughs> and very slowly shave off parts of it into a... Uh, into a falafel, into a, a nice into a pita, yeah. Get that diced tomato, some that's beets, right. some uh, tzatziki God. on top of it, some of that good yogurt sauce. I think it's going to be delicious with, uh, with an anteater. 
You're making wow. me really want some Zanku chicken right now. Hell yeah. <laughs> that was my after end game. I went and I got uh, shawarma again. It's sort of in honor of like the, I know, the loved that they had that shot of them all eating shawarma. Yeah. To well, validate they, I that, think like they joke. added it like the night after the premiere. Hmm. Yeah, like, that's true. Yeah, the reason why <laughs> Cap doesn't really seem to be eating is because Evans is hiding his beard. That's right. Yeah, they don't say a single word. Yeah. It's such a beautiful And it's perfect. Trait. It's so perfect. Yeah. Mm. It's the best comedy. It's great. Yeah. My, uh, I, so I was a Marvel intern. I was there in like 2018 during Iron Man and Hulk. And I was tasked. You mean 2008. That's what I meant. Yes. Right. <laughs> 2008. Um, uh, during Iron Man and Hulk. And I was tasked uh, with taking that, uh, the, the after credit sequence, mm -hmm. the, uh, the, the Nick Fury sequence over to the the PR company that worked for Marvel oh, and wow. screening for them and taking it back to Marvel because wow. no because yeah that was the first I was one of the first <laughs> civilians to see this thing <laughs> and I had to explain to these PR people who didn't know Marvel mm -hmm. from a hole in the ground who Nick Fury is why it's an inside joke that it's uh, Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> why any of that matters to any why people will be excited about it yeah. because if people don't remember the reason it's Samuel L. Jackson is because before the before the MCU started the Ultimates which was a mm -hmm. comic book series um, imagined what sort of movie versions of these characters would look like and yeah. they in their comic book cast Samuel L. Jackson is Nick Fury. So they had Samuel L. Ja they had Nick Fury in the comic book say, "I would be played by." Yeah, because all of them are saying like, "Hey, who do you think would play you in the movie version?" And Nick just goes, "Samuel L. Jackson, obviously." Right, but like he's actually drawn. Yeah, Brian exactly. Hitch draws him as Samuel L. Jackson too. Because that's what Hitch and Mark Miller do. For sure. Yeah, so I, mean, I think wanted. they did the same thing with Deadpool, where they had Deadpool make a joke. Hmm before Ryan Reynolds got the movie greenlit, yeah. where he said, I look like Ryan Reynolds crossed with a Sharpay. <laughs> <laughs> so. That must have been after Wolverine Origins, though, right? Self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. I don't know. I think Ryan Reynolds had been in talks for a really long time. I think, mm -hmm. like, since Van Wilder or before, or Waiting or before it's that. It's the first like, superhero he ever wanted to play. Yeah, people have always thought of him as sort of this wise-cracking guy. And they're like, oh, well, he'd be perfect for Deadpool. He's mm -hmm. got a great body and is very handsome and could be in any any movie. And, he uh, does have a, a wise great body. Guy. Hashtag swoon. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so speaking of swoons, Gil? Thank you for coming on, but uh, you got some stuff going on that you wanted to uh, share I've with us. I've got so much stuff to plug, you guys. <laughs> Fire away, man. Plug so up. the reason I'm on this podcast, the reason anyone cares who I am <laughs> at all in any way, I know you guys have been wondering for the last three hours, um, but I I am a comedy producer here in L.A. I produce a lot of live shows. Um, uh, I, I had written on the CBS Diversity Showcase. I had produced uh, UCB's first digital series. Uh, I've been around a long time working in comedy. Um, and uh, a couple of years ago, I... Uh, was brought over to the Pack Theater. And the Pack Theater, if you guys don't know, is sort of like the next up-and-coming kind of UCB, IO, Groundlings kind of theater. And it's this great uh, community of, of comedians, improvisers, and sketch people. And you guys should all go to packtheater.com and sign up for classes right now if you're interested in doing comedy in any way. Because there's, um, there's classes all the time. There's, there's shows seven days a week. And it's the only theater in town where you can sign up for classes today and be on stage tomorrow, <laughs> if wow. this is something that you're interested in. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things that the Pack Theater has allowed me to do is I grew up being a giant fan of comedy music. 
of you know of Weird Al, of Monty Python, The Simpsons. Uh, you know, more recently, uh, I love Lonely Island and uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. It's mm. kind of having its own moment again with yeah. a lot of like comedy music coming up. You know, even uh, this new uh, Netflix movie, Always Be My Maybe, mm. that ended with a great comedy song uh, by Randall Park. Yeah, you know, it's a bit that uh, Randall Park has his own band. It's so hilarious. It's so great. Um, anyway, so I'm super into comedy music. I decided to create a festival. And this is the third year in a row that we're doing the Pacella Comedy Music Festival <laughs> at the Pac Theater in Hollywood. Um, you can find us at pactheater.com. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Pacella. That's P-A-C-K-C-H-E-L-L-A. Um, uh, can I tell you a little bit about our lineups in the past our big headliners like in year one were we had rachel bloom we had jackie jackie tone from glow uh you know um gosh so many amazing people this year we have um hannah may lee from pitch perfect is going to be judging a show we have the funny dance show from the comedy stores coming over and doing uh their dance uh, last year, one of our big kind of blockbuster shows was a Mel Brooks-themed burlesque mm-hmm. called Blazing Tassels. <laughs> this year, that same team has decided to do a tribute to Bill Murray. It's called Bill Murlesque, mm-hmm. and that's going to be on Saturday night. Uh, our big headliners this year, Regan and Watkins, who just came out with an album. Mm-hmm. You guys know Jeremiah Watkins from Roast Battle and a million other things. Uh, Luke Null from SNL. Drennan Davis from uh, from Conan. Uh, Allie Gertz, who's just uh, finished up. She's been editing Mad Magazine for the last year. Uh, oh, yeah, she's great. Th- she's amazing. The Cooties, uh, who tour with Reggie Watts. Oh. Um, it's a giant thing, you guys. Uh, I could not be happier. Um, the whole thing caps off on Sunday night with a band called Held Cross, and they are a comedy metal band, and they have promised me an ending song that I particularly love, that you guys are going to love. And this is all happening at the Pack Theater in Hollywood, June 28th through 30th. Um, tickets are available on Eventbrite, but the Pack Theater is all pay what you can. Mm-hmm. So this entire festival is pay what you can. You can come in with $10 in your pocket and stay the whole night and see comedians that you know from SNL and from Conan, and they're going to be doing funny music, and it's going to be literally the best thing you've ever seen in your entire life, and I think I'm underselling it. It's my favorite thing that I do all year, and I do a show every single month. Sounds great. That sounds like another recommendation for another possible trio of date nights, folks. Yeah. June 28th, 29th, and 30th. Be at the PAC Theater. Be glued to that seat every single night. There are a couple of PAC-specific shows that are doing musical versions of their shows. So things that are already (laughs) at the PAC Theater. Uh, The Nikki Urban Show. Uh, Nikki Urban is an incredible uh, comedian, and this month is Pride Month, so her talk show is going to be completely themed around Pride. Uh, Super Dating Simulator, Simulator, which is an anime-themed sketch show. It's so, so funny. It's every month is one of the funniest damn things you've ever seen in your life. And they're doing a special musical version. Uh, Erica Curry is bringing the scramble back for a one-time only daytime show on Sunday. Mm-hmm. You have your hangover cure. They are going to have, uh, they're going to have donuts. We have food trucks the entire weekend. Show up for all of these food trucks. Amazing. Guys, we're doing a festival. <laughs> do, you ha- do you have any questions? Can I tell you anything more about this thing? I mean, I'm already I think we're sold, good. so. And folks, you guys are going to be there? Okay. Folks, you'll find it in the show notes. I'll include links, info, 
You Gil. better actually include it this time. <laughs> Gil, dude, thank you so much for coming on. Such We're going to have you back sometime. I would Where can people find you? You can find me at GJ Barron. That's G-J-B-A-R-O-N on all the things. Feel free to follow me. I'm very, very funny. Hmm. <laughs> all right, Michael Darling, your series of plugs, please. I got nothing. Okay, cool. Where can people find you? We'll see you at Pacchella at the end of the month. Oh, of course, yeah. Okay. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Future Has Been. And more importantly, the Mon Men podcast has its own Twitter account, which is Mon Men Pod. I love the way you say that. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter. I have various creative writing projects and all sorts of things that you can find updates on on my Twitter, as well as dumb jokes and pictures of my dog, Cordelia. Uh, that's at Y underscore Baloo, W-H-Y underscore Baloo. Well, on that note, I am Yanata Blue. I'm Michael Darling. Thanks for being here. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, 